the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. How is everybody on this cold January the 13th, 2024? Welcome to the show, my friends. We've got a packed program for you, as usual. Lots of things have been happening uh, regarding the border crisis, my friends, and the impact on South Texas and you as citizens. And uh, we've got uh, four great uh, folks, uh, guests with us today, and uh, they're all going give, to give you a different perspective. Uh, let me tell you real quick who they are so that we can get to our show. First of all, we've got uh, Sheriff Brad Coe, very good friend of ours. Uh, he is the sheriff of Kenny County. He is going to be telling you, my friends, about the awful chase that took place, uh, the chase of and uh, of, a, of a human smuggler that took place uh, last week. And uh, what's unique about this chase, because chases happen constantly, they are chasing uh, human smugglers constantly, what's unique about this one, my friends, is the amount of damage that it uh, caused. It caused uh, almost a hundred, oh well, uh, about $150,000 worth of damages to fences. It went through two counties. It is incredible, my friends, just an absolute disaster. Uh, then uh, we've got, uh, after him, we've got uh, Todd Benzman. Todd Benzman is uh, our good friend from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd is going to be telling us about um, this uh, situation at the border where the uh, governor has taken over a park in um, uh, in Eagle Pass, a park that's at the banks of the uh, Rio Grande. And the reason that the, that the um, governor has taken it over is uh, because uh, they are going to consider anybody crossing that area uh, a, uh, a, a trespasser, and they're going to be arrested. And this is a, another one of the efforts by the state in order to um, deter, discourage illegal immigration. Uh, our third uh, guest is uh, Mr. Uh, Brent Smith, who is also with Kenny County. Brent is going to be talking to us uh, about an upcoming event uh, to uh, talk to the uh, ranchers uh, that uh, are being damaged all along the border, are being damaged on a regular basis by illegal immigration and the border crisis. And our final guest is my very good buddy, uh, Mark Morgan, who is now with FAIR. He's a senior fellow with FAIR. He is the former uh, Customs and Border Protection Commissioner. Uh, under Trump. And uh, he's going to be telling us, my friends, about the awful stuff that's going on in Washington, D.C. with uh, Mayorkas, the impeachment of Mayorkas, while at the same time they're asking him for advice on the border crisis. Outrageous. So welcome to the show, my friends. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Let's go to our first guest, Sheriff Brad Coe. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And we're talking to you from San Antonio, but I've got uh, Sheriff Brad Coe from Kenny County out in Brackenville on the phone. I wanted him to tell us about the latest incident uh, that uh, they have had that was really a uh, really a record breaker in um, uh, in the chase that occurred. And uh, sadly, this is not um, the chases occur all the time, but this one was a little bit different. Sheriff Code, thank you for taking time to be with us this af- this afternoon, buddy. Well, appreciate you having me on there, George. Uh, tell us about this latest incident that uh, you guys were involved in. <clears throat> it's been about a week. Of course, we've been trying to track everything down, but uh, DPS 
saw a car that they thought might be a, a smuggling endeavor and had a couple of moving violations. So they hit the red lights to pull the vehicle over and he went straight to the, took a hard right turn with the fence. Not uncommon these days. We get all the time. But this one, of course, we couldn't chase him cross country the way this guy went. He ended up going through uh, 13 different ranches, wow. cutting locks, breaking gates, going through the fence for right at 30 miles. Hmm. And, and and when he's doing this, uh, I mean, you guys are observing him from a distance, I guess, trying to cut him off in some form or fashion, correct? Well, in this case, we kind of lost sight of him, so we just kind of had to hope for the best to see if he would turn up somewhere. And early in the next morning, we started getting calls from ranchers, and we started kind of piecing it together. We ended up finding the truck up in uh, Camp Wood, about 30 miles north of here, mm-hmm. and ended up catching seven of the, of the 12 illegals and we never did. We haven't found the driver yet. You haven't found the driver yet. No. The uh, the amount of damage that was done. Uh, any estimates on that? Well, the estimates are coming in right now. We're sitting at about one hundred seventy five thousand dollars worth of damage. Good night. Now this no. has got to be the highest amount, uh, the highest uh, amount of damage that you guys have seen for. Uh, in, in uh, isn't it? I mean, is it? Uh, I mean, you haven't had something that that caused more damage than this. And no, this this is. Like you said, this is a record breaker. Uh, a couple of gates he went through were on the $25,000 price list because they're custom gates. And when he took the gate down, the rock pillars that hold the gate up that it's attached to, it cracked them and tore stuff up. So uh, man, it's, it's going to be, in, in reality, once it's all said and done, it may come up be more than that because of lost, lost livestock, uh, lost wages, et cetera. Uh, did he? Was anyone injured in this whole situation, or were any of the livestock injured, or anything of the nature? No, but we do know that there's some livestock that is missing because they hit boundary fences, one ranch to the other, so they're going to have to get helicopters up to go find their their livestock. That's incredible. And you say that this is this is not uncommon, but um, the amount of, of damage is that that this was done. But apparently, you see this all the time. Yeah, we've had them go through, you know, two, sometimes three ranches. But never this many. I mean, he hit the highway and went right across the highway into another ranch and just kept going until the truck finally quit. So I guess the 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 the, da- the, the truck was damaged. <laughs> that's why he finally stopped. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the reason. Oh, that's had it not been damaged, uh, he'd have kept on going. That's amazing. Was it all in Kenny County, or did he did he end up in any other counties? Well, he started in Kenny County and ended up in Real County. Wow. Good, man. incredible. Now, uh, this character—I mean, with the new law and everything that uh, that the new law that was passed by uh, the state legislature—if you catch this character, is there—I mean, is there any—is he going to be facing any any more oh. different penalties or anything? Well, uh, he'll be facing, of course, human smuggling. Uh, the vehicle came back stolen. Uh, the criminal mischief, which is felony because of the livestock situation. Uh, yeah, he, he'll be looking at a, a healthy sentence. Gotcha. What about the individuals, I mean, that you've caught so far? Uh, the, the eight of them, uh, Border Patrol took them to try to do a good intel brief to see exactly uh, why it all occurred. I mean, was there anybody in there that shouldn't, well, of course, they're not supposed to be here, but anybody that was wanted, anybody that couldn't apply for some type of asylum. So Border Patrol's doing their part to get the, gather up the intel on, on exactly why and where. Wow, that, that that's that's incredible. Do you? Um, well, I guess uh, you've, you're going to have more of these. Uh, hopefully, not as not as as extensive as this one was, but you're probably looking at more more events like this. I guess, right? Oh, we'll have we'll have more, you know, all year long. That's the new craze right now to go through a fence and try to abscond. But now that we've got uh, additional help, of course, Galveston is sending. Uh, their usual, you know, four to five people every week. Uh, we got our drone up and running, back up in the air. Our scope truck is has been repaired, and we're hoping to have it back fully operational out in the field by the end of the week. Gotcha. Now, last week was um, uh, National or uh, yeah, National Law Enforcement Appreciation Week, and one of the things that we uh, we talked about on our show last week was the. Um, issue of uh, keeping in memory the uh, the individuals, the law enforcement officers that have been hurt uh, or lost their lives in, in the line of duty. Uh, how much of a danger is there right now for you guys in this situation, in this environment that we've got with the open border? 
Well, it's it's pretty serious because uh, we were chasing one the other day. We had a, a bailout, and deputy went out and grabbed him, and they both lost their balance. And when the deputy went down, he shattered his wrist. Mm-hmm. So he had, he's still recovering from the surgery on that. But right now, one of the most dangerous things we get into is these pursuits because we don't know the condition of the vehicle that the suspect's driving. We don't know what his intentions are. Uh, we've got traffic 24-7. <clears throat> My vehicles, we try to keep them up in as, as best we can afford, but it doesn't take but a second to lose a tire or something go catastrophically wrong and uh, lose one of my deputies. We've lost a couple of vehicles in this, but we haven't uh, had a deputy killed or injured yet. And I say, yeah, because it's just a matter of time. That's incredible. Yeah. Because, I mean, these individuals, uh, you tell them to pull over and obviously they're they're not doing that and, and the situation goes from bad to worse, I guess, immediately. And the biggest fear is, of course, you've been to Brackenville. Our school sits right on the main highway, headed north out of town. So we've had a few that the pursuit have started 20, 30 miles south. So we try to do everything we can to corral it before it gets to town, but the vans just slip through and drive through our school zone with kids in school at speeds of excess of 100 miles an hour. Wow. Now, didn't wasn't there an incident where a um, somebody that was fleeing actually crashed into the um, county courthouse? They uh, bailed out right in front of the county courthouse. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we had one that bailed out right in front of the school. <laughs> and there, it was right at the beginning of school. And you can see on video, we had it all on video. Uh, they're trying to get into the school, hit, you know, pulling on the door, trying to act like they're part of the, the student body. But uh, fortunately, we've been taking the measures with our school to make sure that the doors are adequate or are locked all the time from the outside. Um and certain safety measures, so that kept the, the illegals from getting into the school. Wow, incredible! And this is what what the residents have to live with uh, on a daily basis, correct? Yes, sir. On a daily basis. No, oh, gosh, incredible. Well, I, 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 you know, the only thing we can do is send you our prayers and and wish you uh, that um, the best uh, to be safe in your endeavors right now because we know that um, uh, the, the wide open border is really creating this problem. Yes, sir. And our pressure with you because I know you're out there on the front lines with us doing these interviews and talking to people at the shelters and uh, getting the word up to the, the people in the northern part of the United States. You got it, buddy. Doing our job. Once yes, again, my friends, we're talking with our very good friend, uh, Mr. Brad, uh, or Sheriff, Sheriff Brad Coe in Kenny County. Sheriff, you stay safe, and our prayers are with uh, all the men down there. Well, thank you, sir. You take care. Once again, George Rodriguez and Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez and Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. Now... He has uh, gotten a hold of a story that um, is uh, starting to circulate regarding uh, some action that the state of Texas has taken at uh, the riverside, at the riverbank uh, in uh, Eagle Pass, in an attempt to control the uh, migrant flow across the river. Uh, Welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us, Todd. Good to be here. Thanks. Uh, tell us what you have learned uh, about this situation in Eagle Pass. Right. Well, uh, Texas Department of Public Safety and Texas uh, military uh, forces have seized the Shelby Park area, all of it, taken control of it, put up fencing all the way around uh, that park, which abuts the Rio Grande River. Most people remember this in recent weeks as the scene of just thousands and thousands of uh, immigrants crossing right there under the bridge to get at the Border Patrol's processing station there. Remember, Texas has been blocking them. They've got it heavily fortified, but the federal government is letting them in. So the state government's trying to block them, but they're, the federal government's been letting them in. And so there's this kind of war zone that's been going on there between the state and federal government. And I guess the uh, state, Greg, Greg Abbott, has decided that he's just kind of had enough of the federal government in there and kicked them all out. So this is a border patrol-free zone now. Uh, where the state is planning to just um, 
stop and block everybody at the river. They'll have to go somewhere. They're all going to come in somewhere. They're just not coming in there under the bridges. The railroad bridge, uh, there's three bridges right there if you've ever been there. And uh, heavily, heavily trammeled in recent weeks, thousands and thousands coming through. The Biden administration's response at this point is unclear. Uh, we, It looks like they're ginning up maybe some litigation. Uh, going to go to court to say that what Texas did is illegal, but I don't think they have as of this conversation. So uh, the other thing is this is just kind of brought, uh, part of a broader uh, dispute between these two uh, state and federals uh, going all the way back for about a year now over control of that stretch of river where Texas is stopping and blocking at the riverbank, not letting anybody come up out of the water, streaming barbed wire, concertina wire rather, for thousands of yards, putting up a river barrier, and the feds have been coming in and cutting the wire and lifting it up with forklifts and letting all the immigrants in and processing them into the country. And um, there have been reports of... um, you know, the two agencies maybe almost coming to blows even in different places. Lots of tension between the two agencies uh, going on. And that's ground zero for it. And this is the latest Texas strike against the feds in this ongoing Cold War. Now, one of the things, two of the things, should I say, one is the example of um, the Border Patrol cutting the Constantina wire that the uh, the razor wire that has been put up by the state. Uh, that was an example of uh, how they are, are undermining the um, the, the uh, efforts by the state. But also um, the um, uh, president of the union of the uh, Border Patrol employees of the Border Patrol uh, is claiming that they uh, quietly are applauding what the uh, what the state has done. Well, remember that you know most border patrol agents out there are not in their minds, in their hearts and minds, uh, opposed to anything that the uh, Texas government is doing. They like it. The the border patrol likes a secure border, and they definitely. Do, do not appreciate being ordered to process millions of people into the country, uh, you know, processing administrative duty. They don't like that, but they're under orders. So, you know, they're following orders. They're doing what they're being told to do. Uh, so, you know, that, that surprised me at all that, you know, that they're coming out in favor of what Texas is doing. It really, it really shows how... Uh, the, uh, complicated how convoluted this whole situation is. I mean, instead of just accepting that illegal immigration is illegal, the Biden administration seems to be creating all sorts of mind games. Well, they're doing, they're following their own policy, the feds, the federal policy, the, the White House policy, Mayorkas's policy, Mayorkas being under impeachment now, imp- impeachment proceedings for this, but their policy is to facilitate as many millions of people into the United States over the border as they possibly can before the election. It's always been what they've done. Uh, they, 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 they have uh, systematically uh, eliminated every single possible barrier to illegal entry uh, without having to um, nullify the Immigration and Nationality Act, the, the, the set of laws governing what they're supposed to be doing that they're ignoring uh, purposefully, ignoring all of its provisions, all of its provisions, uh, kind of turning it into what the, um, the equivalent of what the federal marijuana law is now, which is, you know, kind of a big joke. Nobody pays attention to the federal marijuana law now. It's probably been years and years since anybody was ever prosecuted under the federal marijuana law. And uh, so, you know, what Greg Abbott is doing down there, uh, you know, is gets in the way of that. And so, you know, naturally they, you know, are doing what they can legally. There's a lot of litigation uh, in the courts and then physically on the ground every chance they get. 
you know, lifting the razor wire is just sort of emblematic of their their whole sort of strategy. You know, let them through, get them through, get the immigrants in any way possible. Let me let me ask you this because you just got back from Europe. How does this how does this situation with Biden and their approach, the Biden administration's approach to immigration, how does it compare with the um, uh, the situation in Europe with the uh, European Union uh, approach to immigration? Well, I mean, I would say that what the Biden administration's policies. You know, they, those, those, they can be characterized as singularly unique in probably human history. Not, I don't mean to overstate that. I know that sounds uh, maybe even exaggerated, but, but really we, we have never seen any country anywhere, even the most liberal democratic countries in the world have never just, you know, forsaken all of their border controls uh, on purpose as a matter of intentional policy. Uh, I don't know of any European country that has done this, even the most liberal ones. Uh, you know, they, they have policies that have the, the result of bringing a lot of people in and attracting a lot of people in, if you know you're going to get in, but they still do seek to do deportations and they still seek all kinds of policies that would deter because nobody... Uh, even liberal governments don't want unfettered, un, unopposed uh, illegal immigration over their borders. They want to have some control over it, at the very least, so that they can stay in power, because people don't like that. Uh, but in this country, uh, people don't really know. They don't understand. The vast majority of people don't understand what this administration has done down there. Uh, they, they, they deny it. They say they, they didn't do what they did, and the media sort of just parrots them and agrees with it and says, well, it's not really happening. None of the things, there is no open border. The border's not open. They'll say that when almost 100% of everybody who reaches that border or uh, you know, takes advantage of some of these uh, kind of new pre-legalization authorization uh, programs on the CBP-1 app gets in in this country. I think it may be close to 100%. I don't think anybody gets turned down. Uh, there might be some criminal aliens they might catch um, that would get deported, but but as a percentage of the total number of people that are reaching the border... Uh, I think almost everybody gets in now since Title 42 went away in May. Uh, Title 42, I think when it was in, in May, they'd even abandoned that pretty much. They weren't even doing Title 42 the last couple months. But when they were doing Title 42, I think they were still pushing back about 35%, but they were letting in 65 and 70% of everybody. Will, will so now, ever, now it's 100%. Will we ever be able to remove these folks or control this disaster that um, has been reaped upon us? I don't believe we'll ever get everybody out. Uh, there's just too many million. I mean, by the time the administration finishes its first term, we we may, depending on what they're, they're doing, something in Mexico right now to try to get the Mexicans to slow things down before the American election because this thing is now a major liability for the Biden administration to win re-election. So they're down in Mexico trying to get the Mexicans to shut it down on their border uh, so that it that it can't be seen in news coverage as we approach November. We'll see if that works. But if it doesn't work, you know, we could easily have, by the end of the fourth year, 10 million people in there. I don't know how you... I mean, doubling the size of the illegal immigration population that was already here uh, before Biden entered office, doubling that population. And they couldn't get rid of that population. So I don't know how anybody's going to be able to get rid of double that population. Trump is promising to do the greatest deportation program in American history if he gets in. 
but <clears throat> it's going to be politically fraught for him because you know the, uh, huge numbers of these uh, of the people that came in are families. So you can imagine rounding up little children and you know oh, that's going to look yeah how oh, that's going to look yeah yeah exactly pulling them out of their schools and you know the little you know cute little girl who you know learned the violin and you know yeah, right. had a concert can't go to her violin concert and, you know that kind of thing yeah. uh, so man. good luck yeah well. I thank you uh, for taking time to be with us, my friend. Um, we will keep watching. We'll, you know, depending on uh, on uh, how this uh, all plays out and what other news items you come up with. We'll get you back on sometime soon. Okay, thank you. Once again, my friends, we've been st- talking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. He is a regular guest on our show, and uh, we'll get him back on again. Take care, Todd. All right, thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. The Federation for American Immigration Reform, known as FAIR, fights to restore common-sense border controls and immigration policies that work for America and its future. America's immigration system and border controls have been decimated by Washington politicians and special interests, undermining the interests and security of the American people. FAIR mobilizes grassroots activists to make sure the voices of the American people are heard in Washington. Find out more about FAIR and what we do by going to FAIRUS.org. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Brent Smith, the attorney, the county attorney for Kenny County. Uh, for those of you who uh, might not uh, know, uh, Brent, is I look at him as kind of like the leader, the person that kind of pushed the plunger to, uh, to make this explosion of knowledge, of information that has happened regarding the whole situation that's been going on the border. Up until that time, very little was being said, and Brent, in my opinion, uh, really, really pushed it to the forefront. Brent, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us, buddy. Thank you, George. I appreciate the compliment, too. Um, let's begin. First of all, there's um, the, there was that uh, big, huge event with 60 congressmen. Right down the right down the road from you in Eagle Pass the other day. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? Well, you know, I think it's good that Speaker Johnson, you know, brought some people down there to see the border and recognize it as a crisis. But you know, living down here and being part of it, you're kind of pessimistic on what what actually happens out of that. Um, you know, if it takes a field trip at this point to establish that a crisis is going on, it makes you kind of worry about our leaders in Washington, but. At the end of the day, George, um, what it comes down to is funding. You know, that's the house. That's the, the purse strings that they have. And, you know, they can disagree with the, with Biden's unlawful open border policies. But at the end of the day, if they fund it, if they pass a continuing resolution that funds DHS, then they're complicit in it, in my view. It's like, you know, trying to if there's someone on drugs and you're trying to get them off, you don't you don't give them more money to buy more drugs if you know that's what they're going to do with it. Yeah, and so I think <laughs> this has to this has to be a, a line in the sand that Congress does to try to stop the border crisis because if they don't have the funds to, to carry it out, they won't do it. That's very very true. I mean, uh, how many more like uh, my congressman here uh, in San Antonio, Congressman Chip Roy, who has been very very vocal. Um, you know, how many photo ops do we need? You know, to address the issue. Yeah, I think I think Chip's on the right side on this issue. There's photo ops are done. It's time, you know, they can't solve this crisis in Eagle Pass. They have to solve it in the House chamber by negotiations and a vote, basically defunding the government they need to. I, every, I'm not talked to a single person that thinks that this needs to be funded. In fact, they'd rather have the government shut down than fund this nightmare continually. Now, let me ask you, because uh, one of the interesting things was that while all this crowd was there, there were very few people that crossed the border during that period. 
Um, what's the traffic been like of uh, illegal immigrant Ill- illegal aliens going through through Kenny County? Well, it hasn't slowed down here, George. Um, you know, we we're, we're still having them come through the ranches, and just today we've had a bailout. Um, you know, in fact, I, I got to tell your listeners about this. Saturday night, um, there was a pursuit in Kenny County where the driver drove through off the road, off the highway, drove through one ranch, and then proceeded to drive thirty miles through private property and to escape state law enforcement and and doing so he went through i think eight different ranches and right now we're still trying to tally the cost but we're up to about one hundred twenty thousand on cost of fence damage i mean you, you think about the amount of fencing and ranches that they drove through and we're talking all private property this isn't a back road they're going off road driving through private property uh, for 30 miles and i think they found some of the occupants the next day in the northern county of that's north of us um, we're we're really getting kicked in the teeth down here, George, on on this stuff, and um, we can't sustain this. Like you keep thinking we can, you know, our, the the place where we could have sustained this was years ago. We're suffering. Texans are suffering. Americans are dying. We've got to do something very soon. And I'm really hoping that Congress, you know, stands the ground on this issue. The the situation again with the, um, you know, with the number of people that are that have crossed. And caused damage. Uh, I mean, that's how uh, this whole thing started uh, ballooning. Uh, was when uh, you started speaking out about um, the amount of damage that was happening to the ranchers and ranches there. Um, did they catch this this person that uh, caused all this problem? I don't. I don't believe the driver was apprehended. No, wow. I, I think several several of the occupants have been apprehended. Um, I think the driver's still outstanding. Of course, the facts are still coming in on the case right now. But right. from what I've heard, the driver has not been apprehended. And, um, you know, the, the fact that he drove 30 miles through private properties is ridiculous. Um, but that's, that's kind of stuff we're dealing with. You know, I think that sets a record for, you know, a smuggling pursuit and the amount of damage caused by one incident. And I, tomorrow I have a, a meeting with landowners to try to, you know, educate them on the uh, state compensation program for border property owners that the state has had to pass in a Senate bill to, uh, you know, for fence damage and, and gate damage and, and loss of, you know, property values and stuff. So, there, you know, the state's come around to try to compensate property owners for this. But at the end of the day, you know, they're ceasing to be handed to the federal government for this crisis that they created by themselves. That's right. That's right. Let me ask you, um, uh, speaking of, of the issue of uh, Washington addressing addressing the problem, um, the past uh, few uh, days there has been a lot of uh, conversation in the news regarding trying to um, uh, the House and the uh, and the Senate uh, in D.C. trying to reach some type of, of agreement on a funding bill so that the government doesn't come to a screeching halt. And in doing so, there's lots of talk of what's going to happen with the border. Um, let me ask you flat out. There's talk of amnesty, and uh, there's, uh, you know, uh, there, is, uh, are, there are already communities like in San Francisco, like in New York, like in Washington, D.C., where uh, illegal aliens are allowed to vote. Uh, what are your thoughts on the looming election, national election, particularly when we've got, when we're seeing such low numbers for Biden and the need for yeah. Biden to reach for something quick? <laughs> um, yeah, George, you know, from, from day one on this whole crisis, you know, you, me, a lot of people wonder, like, well, why are they doing this? Once we determine, like, this wasn't done out of ignorance, this is done on purpose. They're purposely opening the gates as wide as they can to let as many illegal immigrants into the country and and set them free. You know, the only logical reasoning is for votes. They believe that all these illegal immigrants are going to get the right to vote uh, and, and, you know, prolong the Democrat Party to a place where the Republicans could never catch up by having that many votes. And I think I think you're absolutely right. The end game, I believe, for the Democrats and Biden is to have every single one of these people eligible to vote. Well, if you step back and look at that, in order for them to do that, they have to get it done before this next federal presidential election. And so because there, there's I guarantee you their game plans not for the next presidential election after that, because they have no control of who's going to be elected president. They don't know. 
So it's got something's going to happen before this next presidential election, whether it be a migrant dies of cold in Chicago or something happened there. You're going to use as a catalyst to try to shove a law through either executive order or Congress. I'm not sure what yet, but the right to vote is going to try to get pushed very soon before this next federal presidential election. That I'm sure of. Um, and I think our elected leaders need to uh, stand fast and be prepared to fight that. Because one another thing in this whole crisis, George, if you've noticed, there's been several times where a certain elected person has the opportunity to stop it. Right now, we're looking at Congress. Congress has the opportunity to stop this crisis by either defunding the government or securing the border, one of the two. Um, the governor has had a chance to stop this crisis. It depends how much he steps up his border security efforts. There's been certain actors, even the Supreme Court, they're going to have an opportunity uh, to stop this crisis, when I, which I believe will, that the litigation over SB4 will reach the Supreme Court. That's their opportunity to stop it. So there's got to be several uh, milestones, for you might say, on certain people in the government. Are you going to stop the crisis or you let it continue? And I think history is going to judge harshly any of those who let this continue and and watch the downfall of America on their watch. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, last time uh, when they wanted to defeat Trump, uh, we saw them using the pandemic and mail-in ballots, and we have seen evidence of of massive numbers of ballots being thrown into the uh, uh, being thrown into into bins and whatnot uh, to uh, to uh, sway the election. I mean, and this time around, they've got to be desperate. The Democrats have got to be desperate to find something to do because they've got to save themselves. I mean, it's yeah. uh, I, I just you know, and it, you think that this is going to be the um, uh, the the trick they'll pull? I think so. I mean, look at the poll numbers. Like, you know, Democrats, as much as, you know, I dislike the liberals, they see the poll numbers. They're not dumb. They see the poll numbers and know, well, something's going to have to change before the presidential election. I, I And I highly doubt Biden's going to pull anything that changes those poll numbers <laughs> enough to win. So something something has to occur to get him more votes. Um, you know, I don't I don't see him you know, swaying the poll numbers enough with his uh, political, you know, with Biden, intelligence. On, with Biden yeah. On, yeah, right. I don't, I don't see him swaying the poll numbers enough to win. And so something has to occur. And, and every, everyone's always asked, you know, George, since the day one of this crisis, why is he doing this? Yeah. Right. Why are they letting this many people in? Well, it's the votes he won't, but right now they can't vote. So there's going to be something that happens where he's going to try to get them the right to vote. I'm, I'm confident of that. And, um, you know, we have to be ready for that to happen. And, and and call everyone we know and make sure it doesn't yeah, happen because the, the media will help him. I'm sure. Oh yeah, that that will change transform this country into something we've never seen before. Come look at the border right now on the, on the Rio Grande. It looks like a third world country, George. Texas looks like a third world country on the border. You go to places like Colony Ridge, it looks like a third world country. Yeah, that's what our country is slowly changing, and you just you can see it on border states where these people are at. It, it's they're bringing their values with them. They're bringing everything with them. From what, from what they fled by. And, you know, it's sad to see, but it's happening. That's right. That's right. And so many of them just are not used to Western European Christian values. And uh, they are trying to change our values as well. And that's that's what's really, really, you know, crazy. That's what's really, really crazy about this whole thing. Yeah. Um, we will uh, let you go, but thank you very much for taking time to be with us, buddy. Uh, we always appreciate you coming on. We've been speaking, my friends, with uh, Brent Smith. The well, George, if you don't mind, oh. I might, I, I might, I might let people know. You know, if there's landowners in, in this area with Kenny County, Maverick, Valverde, or anywhere in Texas, we're going to have a landowners meeting January the 24th in Kenny County. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, we're going to be talking about the compensation program that I mentioned. And I think a lot of landowners, or you know, you don't have to be a landowner to attend. There's going to be several state representatives there that were crucial in passing key border legislation. I think Congressman Chip Roy will be there. Uh, the Texas Border Czar will be there to talk about border security initiatives. It's going to be an educational day for, for everyone who attends. And I encourage you know, any listeners that want to attend that to show up in Kenny County at the Civic Center. At the Civic Center. You got it. Once again, my friends, our good friend. Brent Smith with the uh, uh, he is the county attorney for Kenny County and uh, we'll look forward I'm going to be one of the ones that's going to attend and uh, we will um, look forward to uh, this event and uh, hopefully um, it'll be it'll give some information to folks who very very much need it thank you very much for being with us today Brent 
Anytime, George. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got my very good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, the former commissioner for Customs and Border Protection under the uh, Trump administration. He is now a senior fellow at FAIR, and uh, the gentleman is an absolute expert on border crisis, and I'm very, very proud also to say that he's become a very good friend of mine, uh, a regular guest on our show. I wanted to get him on, my friends, because we need to hear directly from him, since he's in D.C., and there is the foremost uh, uh, lobbyist on the issue of uh, immigration and the border crisis. I wanted to get him on and explain to us what the heck is going on in D.C., with uh, addressing this border crisis. So, Mark, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Welcome to the show, my friend. George, thanks, thanks, my brother. Any time for you. Uh, let me let's let me first of all ask you what is going on with the House Homeland Committee, uh, Homeland Security Committee. Uh, what are they doing as far as negotiations uh, with? Uh, uh, regarding regarding the border crisis, what the heck is going on with that? Yeah, so I, I think really uh, right now on the Republicans. Uh, so we're talking about Republicans right now, George. If you look up the the, the definition of dysfunction, it's going to have a picture of the GOP, right? I mean, this is what we have. So on the on the House side, on the Republican House side, led by by uh, Chairman Mark Green of the House Homeland Security Committee, for seven months, he's been doing a good job. He's conducted a, a very extensive inquiry with respect to the dereliction of the duty of Secretary, Secretary Mayorkas. And tomorrow, tomorrow he's going to begin official impeachment proceedings against Secretary Mayorkas. And it's the right thing, George. We know, we, you and I talk about this. Secretary Mayorkas has been completely derelict in his duty. He's abused his authority. He's refused to enforce the law. He's lied to the American people. He's lied to Congress. He's been the chief architect of the worst border security crisis in a lifetime that's unleashed an unimaginable level of death and destruction in this country, jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's safety and national security. So Secretary, so, so, so Chairman Green is right. So, so he, tomorrow he begins impeachment proceedings against Secretary Americas, while at the same time, on the Senate Republican side, led by Senator Lankford, you you have him actually negotiating and working with Secretary Americas for his ideas on how to solve the border security crisis. George, I mean, right? If, the, if this doesn't represent the dysfunction within the Republican Party, we literally have Senate Republicans that are negotiating with the arsonists on the most effective way to stop the fire. <laughs> you can't make this up. You really can't. You, can't. you really can't. I mean, when you've got one side of the of, of the Congress impeaching him and the other one negotiating with him. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, how dysfunctional sense. is that? No wonder we can't get our stuff together. We can't even be united on holding one of the, 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 the most significant players in the open border disaster, Secretary Mayorkas. We can't even get that right. I mean, and, and look, I, I don't mean to keep going on about this, but this is important because right now, you know, let's take four people that, that, that led some of the key agencies towards. And look, we, it wasn't just us. I mean, I Obviously, we had a team, an incredible team of people across the board. But you had Joe Edlow that, that led USCIS. You had Tom Holman that led ICE. Uh, you had Rodney Scott that led Border Patrol and myself that led Customs and Border Protection, all under President Trump that led to the most secure border in our lifetime. Is, is Senator Lankford reaching out to us? We've offered. Has he reached out to us to ask us how, how we secured, how we achieved the, the most secure border in our lifetime? Has he asked us what we think the, the, the way forward should be? No. In fact, Chief Rodney Scott actually lives in Oklahoma. He's actually a constituent of Senator Lankford, and he has reached out, and Senator Lankford has rebuffed Rodney Scott's attempts to have a dialogue with him about what needs to happen to secure the border. Instead, Lankford continues to negotiate with the arsonist. Now, I, I, what is, I mean, is there any logic? I mean, is there anything that uh, would, would be reasonable about this whole uh, effort to negotiate with him? I mean, I, I'm trying to understand why the heck 
uh, Senator Langford would, would try to do that? That's a good question, George. I don't have the answer to that. But all, what I do know is is that Secretary Marcos has, during congressional testimony under oath, in front of Senator Langford, lied to him. He's, he's lied to House members. He's lied to senators. L- literally, Secretary Marcus has lied under oath in front of these individuals. He said that there's not a crisis. He said our borders are secure. He says we have operational control. And I could go on. It's all an unmitigated, intentional lie. Yet he, this is the guy that he's going to seek advice and counsel from. It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, I just don't get it. And in addition to that, we uh, HR2. HR2 is the, the strongest piece of border security legislation that's ever been passed by the House. All but one Republican senator voted for it. It's the path forward. It lays out. It's very clear that, that throwing more money at the issue is not the answer. That's just going to this is just going to equate to a better and more effective catch and release program. HR2 sets out that the, the, the policy changes it need. We need to stop the asylum abuse and fraud. We need to reinstate the Remain in Mexico program and the Safe Third Country agreements. We need to end catch and release. We need to end the unlawful abuse of parole. We need to build the wall. HR2 outlines all of it. That's our path forward. And what is Senator Lankford doing? He's actually negotiating again with the arsonists to work together to water down H.R. 2, the very thing that that the Republicans already voted for that's the path forward seven months ago. There's a lot that doesn't make sense here, George. The, uh, you know, they they have caught uh, Mayorkas in lies very publicly. In fact, most recently on Sunday, he was on Fox News uh, making the comment that uh, less than seventy percent of the people that were in, that were uh, uh, of the encounters were released. A little while later, uh, I think you know maybe another hour or so on another show, he said that it was more than eighty-five. So yeah. there, they caught him on TV, and Fox News reported that yesterday. Uh, you know, uh, how does he get away with these lies? Exactly, uh, George. He, he he said he said those percentages, and then it was in a, a supposedly a closed door meeting where he said, "Well, currently we're releasing eighty five percent." And also on Sunday, when he was asked, this is another thing. He was asked, "How many of you released?" I mean, he's the Secretary of Homeland Security. I know he has the data off the top of his head, but he, he either didn't know it and should have, or refused to be honest with, with, with I think it was Brett Baer on Fox. I mean, he, he just gave some generic number that, oh, it's well over a million. And the irony right now to the numbers releasing, you know why in 21 and FY22 the numbers being released by this administration wasn't higher? Here's the irony. It's because it was because of a Trump era policy, Title 42. That's the reason why Secretary Marcus didn't release even more illegal aliens into the country, which, by the way, from day one, he fought to end, and he did last May. And ever since then, the number of illegal aliens that he's intentionally releasing into the United States, of which most of them we can't vet and don't even know, have skyrocketed to now. Today, it's 85%. They are releasing between five to 6,000 illegal aliens into the country every single day. If they keep that pace, I think that's around 1.8 million just this fiscal year alone. And George, we haven't even talked about the gotaways. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Now let me ask you here, uh, before we let you go, the the situation of uh, Mexico, the president of Mexico uh, telling the United States that they will, that he will help control immigration if they do cer- certain things, and he literally is demanding money, he is demanding uh, that they do that they give money not, uh, to Cuba. I mean, he is demanding several uh, several outrageous things. Again, uh, here is a, a, a person who is causing a problem, demanding uh, that the United States uh, give him something. Yeah, you know, George, two things come to mind. First of all, this is nothing more than political blackmail. I mean, uh, Mexico president, he knows that Joe Biden, he's underwater uh, on the polls when it comes to the border security. He knows he's coming to the 2024 election. And so he, he's, he's literally blackmailing this presidency. And I think it's going to work. The other thing that comes to mind is why the heck in this country are we negotiating with the terrorists? That's what this is. We know that Mexico, the president, is one of the most corrupt governments on the face of the planet. We know that they facilitate 
facilitating profit from the cartels. Uh, uh, they're smuggling uh, human and, and drug smuggling operations. I mean, this is absolute insanity. And what's very frustrating is, is, is we came from a place. I was there under the Trump administration as a CBP commissioner. I was on the front lines when we, this country, we came from a position of strength and we leveraged that strength and we didn't ask for Mexico's permission. We said, you're going to step up and you're going to join the regional crisis that it is and you're going to do what you should be doing. It should have been doing a long time ago. Are there going to be consequences? And President Trump threatened a little thing like called the tariffs. And it worked. At one point, Mexican government had over 20,000 personnel dedicated to securing their southern border, as well as increasing their interior enforcement, along with the network of tools, authorities, and policies we had. That's what led to a 40-year low in illegal immigration and allowed us to get more resources, more law enforcement and national security resources on the front lines to stop drugs, criminals, and national security threats from coming in. And this, this, this country now, this administration, has let go of all that leverage we had. Incredible, you know that uh, the president of Mexico uh, is telling us how much, how many Mexicans in the United States need to need to have uh, work permits. Uh, he's yep. demanding it. I mean, I, it's outrageous. It's and, and, this, and we're listening. I, yeah. I, I guarantee you we're going to capitulate. I guarantee you uh, we're going to pay the ransom that the president of Mexico is demanding. I guarantee you we're going to pay him something because if not, Joe Biden has no chance in 2024. He really doesn't. One more last thing: we had this huge delegation that came to San to uh, to uh, Del Rio uh, Eagle Pass uh, a couple of weeks ago. A no, last week, last week, a huge delegation, sixty congressmen. How many delegations does it take to? Uh, uh, address the border crisis. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It really should take one, and that's why you know, Representative like Chip and other didn't even go. I mean, he says, "Look, I'm tired. I, we we don't need another photo op. We don't need another dog and pony show." And so I agree with Chip Boy. Now here, but but here's I'm, I'm going to try to give deference right to the new speaker. If if this is going to end up substantively being anything other than another photo op and a dog and pony show. Here, a couple things has to happen. First of all, that the, the House Republicans have to stay strong. HR2 is the answer. Those key provisions that we talked about a few minutes ago have to go forward. And, and, and the speaker's saying the right things. I mean, last Wednesday on CNN, on Jake Tapper, he talked about how we can't throw more money at this. This, this That's not going to solve the crisis. He talked about the, that the multitude of key provisions, HR2, have to collectively be a part of this budget deal. You can't just select individual ones off of the menu. It doesn't work that way. And he's using lines and words and phrases like hold the line. If the House Republicans hold the line and force the, the Senate Republicans to stay strong as well and force this administration, administration to change policy, then I'll say, okay, it, it actually had some substance. You got it, buddy. Thank you for listening today, my friends. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. I want to thank Brent Smith, Mark Morgan, Sheriff Brad Coe, and Todd Benzman for being on our show today. And I especially want to thank the uh, folks at FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, for their sponsorship. If you want to know anything about FAIR, go to FAIRUS.org. FAIRUS.org. Till next week, folks. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.